This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey, Bushwick Breakaway fans, welcome to another illustrious week of the Bushwick's Breakaway. Greg Capwood is my co-host. He's we're here with me. I am your host, Ryan Mead, or co-host Ryan Mead. Greg, say hello. Yeah, you're getting better at it. I'm trying. I'm just always trying to get better every week. I've been had. I've been had a long weekend. Great English. Jeez, the English language betraying you hard today. I, it's. Uh, I went to sleep last night at 5:30 a.m. Um, that's all I really need to say. I mean, I I know you wake up every morning at 2 a.m., so I can't really complain to you about sleeping ever. Mm-mm, mm-mm, no, never, mm-mm. not once. Today's show uh, will not be uh, that Ranger centric. I'll tell you why. Really, not a lot of Ranger news right now. Uh, What's coming out? I know this is like a theme for the Blue Shirts Breakaway of recent, but we'll be going over all the NFL lines today. Uh, we, you, If you wanted betting advice over unders from two guys who don't like football, you're in the right place. I would say we're experts, right, Greg? Uh, I, I wouldn't say I dislike football. I just don't have a favorite team. Yeah, I have a, I like favorite, I have a favorite team. and I, I, I dislike football, but I still know way too much. Yeah, I, I enjoy gambling and playing fantasy sports. I don't really, I don't. If you were to tell me I can't gamble or play fantasy football anymore, I, then I would probably just be like, "Well, then, real no purpose in this." Right. There's no. There's nothing to football at all after that. Uh, yeah. But let's talk a little bit of Ranger news, whatever there is out there. According to some multiple reports, Philip Hithel, who has been uh, is still 17, uh, obviously the second uh, first round pick we had this year. Uh, has is reported he is hurt, is tore a leg muscle of some sort, and the details have not come out. He will be attending camp this for us, but obviously we didn't want him to make it to the team this year anyway. We want him to develop, so it's not really that uh, big a deal uh, that he's hurt. He can kind of take his time to recover and develop as as is over uh, overseas. Yep, that's it, right? That sounds about right. That's yep. about it. Yep, that's and then uh, Leah Anderson said in an interview with a Swedish newspaper that. He expects to make the Rangers out of camp, which at this point in time, considering the Rangers have not added any other center depth, it would be surprising if he didn't make the Rangers out of camp. So that's not really news anymore either. I think the Rangers, they stack the deck. Uh, they clearly think this guy's NHL ready. Um, they they know better than I do, so who am I to doubt them? Uh, but if anyone was expecting the Rangers to bring in either more center depth or um, – make a move for a player that could allow Anderson to go back to Sweden for another year. It's just not going to happen. This guy's going to break camp with the Rangers. He's going to be the Rangers third line center and where he's, it's going to be trial by fire for him. I know this is, this is kind of a dumb question, but do you think that our organization knew when they were taking Leas Anderson, that he was going to be the starting center for them, knowing that he could be NHL ready, knowing he's played games with adults. He's had uh, a lot of experience in a higher level league. He could fill. He could fit right in, and that's why we were able to trade Stepan. I mean, we're obviously we're building for the future, also. Um, but looking back at that Stepan trade right now, it doesn't make me feel much better about this year. But I know that no. We- well, as we said when the trade happened, the only way we really like the trade is if the Rangers were able to bring in a, another center that could provide the Rangers with upside and is young. And we didn't immediately think Leah Sanderson was going to be that guy on draft night. We thought that the Rangers had another move coming, but. I think it's clear the Rangers did think Leah Anderson was going to be that guy. I don't think they would have made the step on trade if they thought Anderson needed another full year of development. Um, I think their their scouts obviously fell in love with him and they view him as NHL ready. So in in hindsight and it being 2020, I, I think the Rangers made that trade knowing, one, they weren't going to go out and get another center, and two, Leah Anderson was – their guy all the way through and uh like i said it's gonna be sink or swim for him this is a lot of pressure this is a team that has stanley cup aspirations and he's gonna have to play a major role in order for this team to be successful because if anderson struggles even just a little bit the rangers are gonna have a lot of problems with that up the middle center depth i actually don't think that anderson was their guy who went the pick right before him glass no glass went after cody glass no he didn't yep 
No. I thought he did. Oh no, Vegas took Cody Glass. Vegas took him. No, I, I, everything, everything that has been said or reported is Anderson. Very clearly, was the Rangers guy. I haven't heard anything. I think the Rangers would have been happy if they, if Anderson was off the board and Glass was there. I, I think they still would have been happy with the trade. But everything has made it sound like Anderson was number one on their NHL uh, draft list. He was the guy. Which He's is- the guy they zeroed in on. They did the calculations that determined if they got the seventh pick, he would be there for them. And I, I, I really have a, a strong sense of belief that as soon as they traded Stepan, they saw Anderson as the Stepan replacement. I, I, it's obviously they loved him. They took him way before uh, a lot of other analysts even had him going, which is fine. Uh, you know, this is it is a, it is sort of a lottery in a sense. So that's not. He'll be probably one of the most intriguing storylines of the season. Hopefully, he'll be able to hold his own. But you can't have the high expectations for Leah Anderson. You're put on. Let's say Derek Stepan. Uh, we're going to be really hammering our other centers uh, if he's not performing too, because especially because Kevin Hayes is going to have to really step up. He's going to really have to step up. So it's going to be a make or break year for us, I think. Uh, our defense, all of a sudden, by the way, is has, is too much depth. Is that so weird to say? Still, it feels so weird to say. Still pretty weird, but yeah, the number one Rangers storyline this year is going to be the Rangers center depth and how the centers perform. Because I think, as much as we love Mika, I, I even think Mika needs to do a little. Show me something. Uh, I, again, I have uh, Mika's the least of my concerns. Obviously, I have much more concerns about Kevin Hayes playing a top six role and Leah Anderson as an 18-year-old rookie being thrust into a position where he needs to thrive on third line. Uh, those are two bigger concerns to me. But, yeah, no, in some way, shape, or form, the Rangers center death will be the main storyline for this team this season, and it will determine how far the Rangers can go. That's it. That's that's it. I mean, uh, I know that Ryan Graves is sitting down uh, in the AHL, and he's probably ready to play too. We have a lot of depth. We have uh, Minduleth, uh, Neil Pionk. He's a guy that we kind of fought 20 teams to get. He's going to have limited ice time. We have a guy that could go back to Russia and Ferris Gozlov. Jesus Christ. Oh, my brain. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know who we're going to end up playing there. And by the way, we just traded for another defenseman. So... It's going to be a – and Stahl's going to play on top line minutes, so I hope everyone's ready to enjoy that. Mm-hmm. It's going to be awesome. I have no doubt. I have no doubt about it. It is the off season, Greg, and we are getting closer to hockey. Preseason hockey starts in a few weeks, which, you know, will be exciting. Uh, we have the Travelers tournament soon. Am I right in saying that? Uh, Traverse City. Traverse yeah. City, sorry. Um, Traverse City start, and we have a pretty good team for that, so that'll be exciting to watch. We'll, be, we'll definitely be breaking that down. Maybe we can bring James on for that. That'll be fun. Uh, but for right now – we really don't have much else. By the way, disclaimer. Right now, next door, my uh, my neighbors are having a Labor Day party. They seem to have this party, like some summer party twice a year. And nonstop, they have one guy who sings but can't sing at the top of his lungs. Mm. So if you're hearing anything in the background right now, it's a guy singing Pink Floyd that can't sing whatsoever. Nice. So, so uh, it's torture. And we haven't, we also haven't, we haven't forgotten about our uh, Metro Division previews. It's just, it's Labor Day. So, um, you know, writers for the Penguins and writers for the Flyers took the day off. We do not blame them. We did not force anyone to come on this podcast. Ryan forced me to come on this podcast. Absolutely true. But uh, we'll, we'll continue with that. We'll pick that right back up next week. And then once we're done with the Metro, I think what we're going to do is just bring on some people we've talked to in the past, some people we liked, some people on teams that have – uh, storylines of their own that we think will be interesting to Ranger fans, but we're not going to do a full 30 team preview. We definitely wanted to do a full Metro division preview, but uh, after we're done with the Metro, we're just going to, we're going to play some hopscotch. We're going to jump around to other teams. That's it. You know, and then once the season gets going, we'll start talking to Rangers all, all the goddamn time. It'll be nonstop. I'm really excited to get the season back. I need hockey right now. September baseball is not good enough. I know football starts on Thursday, but I'm only going to watch the first week. If that maybe. Uh, and, uh, that'll be it. I mean, we, we, it's really, this is, is this the dullest time of sports like this last, the last couple of weeks of the whole year? Yes. Right. Uh, no, I think you're forgetting just how rough those last two weeks of July are. Once the all-star break happens, things really slow down. Even, even if you're a diehard baseball fan, you have to admit that late July is probably the most bare in the sports landscape ever is because, NBA rumors for the most part done. NHL free agency most part done. 
you're waiting for the baseball trade trade deadline. Um, there's just there's there's really nothing nothing happening in that time frame. I feel like the NBA has made the summer exciting. That's one of the one sport that keeps it interesting this year. Ever. Yeah, but even then, I mean, there, I think you're forgetting just what kind of lull there was between free agency and the Kyrie stuff. Like the Kyrie stuff brought it back full force, but there was a very long period where just nothing was happening. Fair. I mean, there was a lot of the Kyrie drama. There's like the mellow get traded stuff. Yeah, yeah, know, but that, I guess. that 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 just lingers. Like until something actually something actually needs to happen. Otherwise, it's just people trying to make stories out of nothing. Fair. I mean, that's most of the internet, right? Makes, that is make, literally the reason why it exists. Make stories out of nothing. Another service announcement. Our episode that comes out uh, September 26th will be an absolute shit show. So I'm uh, ready for that one. I'll be, I will be jet lagged out of my goddamn mind recording that somehow. Uh, that'll be a very interesting episode. So that's it. Now let's go and do some NFL unders. You know what? We don't have anything else to say about the Rangers this week, do we? No. Right? I'm sorry, guys. I know we're a Ranger podcast, but it's, it's, the, it's so the lulls. And we never want to not do a podcast we do it every week for a reason so we love you guys just love you that's it so thanks for hanging out i wonder what we talked about i mean i think every episode we just there was a while there where every episode we would just be like look we're not signing vc and then we had the episodes we're like look we signed vc because uh, that's what we said the entire time yeah but said, I, I don't remember what else we said last summer on I'm, podcast. I'm scrolling through our podcasts from last summer right now in, an, in a very incredible exciting podcast form of, <laughs> of scrolling down here but uh, I, I'm pretty sure we did an NFL over-unders last year. We're doing it again now. Oh, we absolutely did. We absolutely did. So, I mean, let's do it again this, this time. You ready? Oh, yeah. All right. Let's start with the AFC North. I am a Steelers fan, and we'll start with them. Uh, Pittsburgh is 10.5 over-under. Uh, that's an insane number. Le'Veon Bell is still holding out. He has no, he signed his, ten- he signed his uh, he tender today. Well, it was today? Yep. Okay. As you know, I, I've been... Yep. Uh, kind of out today. I have not been functional, so that that's good. That's good to news. Good to news. Oh my God, Greg, English is really tough. That was impressive. Yeah, apparently, um, the entire thing is Bell wanted a long term contract, but Bell also just didn't want to play in the regular uh, the preseason. So I think his plan all along was to sit out the whole preseason and training camp and show up week one ready to go, and that's it's good because that's exactly what he got and. Better be ready to go. Can we get rid of the preseason already? It doesn't have to be four weeks. I think it probably needs to be – it needs to be at least two. I don't think it needs to be longer than three. We had I really don't. at least five, like, torn ACLs this preseason, right? It's like uh, – uh, what's his name? The running back from KC, Edelman. Yep. Uh, Edelman was yep. also done. I think another defenseman tore his ACL. I mean, just, like, serious names going down. Otherwise, I can't name any of them, of course. Yeah, I mean, injuries happen in every sport in how in every preseason, regardless of how long it is. But there's something about the NFL preseason being four games being an absolute farce because first team offense and defense only plays one drive week one. Week two, they might go up to a whole quarter. And then week three, I think they what? They play, they play like a quarter a and a half to a full like half. A half. Yeah. So if and then week four, no starters even play. Um, so I know week four is completely unnecessary. I, it feels like week one is kind of unnecessary. Um, yeah, it, it, there's just zero reason it needs to be. Should be two at most. Four games. At most. Yeah, two seems like the right number. Just if you want to give, if you want to do an extra week of practice and then two games, so that way your first team offense and defense plays more than a drive to start the preseason, go for it. But no reason for it to be four games. I think everyone's pretty universal in that. But it's four games because the NFL makes money off preseason games, and it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Because everyone has preseason game on for some reason. They're like, oh, football's on. That's great. Yep. Let's watch. Yep. Pittsburgh, 10 and a half. Over, under. Greg, where you stand? Oh, my gut says under, right? Yeah. I don't think the AFC North is that bad. I do. I, I, don't know, I don't know if a team wins 11 games in that conference. I actually kind of agree with you there. I think Pitt ends up at 10. I really don't like them at 11. I'm not sure. You get the you get the two free wins from Cleveland. I know you kind of like Cleveland, but Pittsburgh never loses to them. Period. End of story. Uh, I don't like Cincinnati, but I never do. And sometimes they're a little they're a little sneaky. They have a nice running back trio this year. AJ Green, of course. Uh, Perfect is uh, obviously a murderer, so that's good they have him on his team. And then Baltimore, Joe Flacco has been lackluster to say the least. They have running back problems. They lost Kenneth Dixon for, Dixon for the year. They'll have Terrence West running the ball. I mean, their their wide receiver options are limited also. 
So, I mean, I like Pittsburgh at 10, but I'm going to go under. Yeah, I'm, I'm under. I don't know if any team in this division wins 10 games, honestly. Let's do the next two then. Let's do Baltimore and Cincinnati are both at 8.5. Uh, Baltimore seems like a safe under. The Flacco injury concerns would scare me to death. Uh, if you're expecting Ryan Mallett to start any NFL games for you and win those games, I think you're a little foolish. And then uh, Cincinnati... Cincinnati, I guess I'd go over, um, but again, it, it it feels like this division might have two nine-win teams. Honestly, though, I feel like Cincinnati have has less holes than the Steelers do, because uh, in my mind, obviously, I'm expecting Le'Veon Bell to get hurt because he always gets hurt. Big Ben seems to always get hurt. Antonio Brown can't do it himself. And hey, well, take, I, they take that back. He can, for the most part, but he is one player. You're right. Yeah. Um, so if if any, I think if any team goes over nine wins, I would I would say the Bengals. I, I would I would not feel great about it, but I would take them over. I like both under. I actually like all the unders in this division because Cleveland is at four and a half, and I don't think I don't think Cleveland wants to win games on purpose. I know you said you kind of like Cleveland, right? I do like Cleveland. Uh, I I should preface that by saying I'm not in love with Deshaun Kaiser. I don't quite understand why everyone is hot to trot about Deshaun Kaiser. I have never seen him do anything significant on a football field in college that indicates to me he has a chance to be special in the NFL. Um, like, compare him to Dak Prescott, right? Dak Prescott went to Mississippi State, and while it's not the most prestigious of schools, Dak had big games in college where you saw, like, okay, there's an NFL player in there. Deshaun Kaiser struggled at Notre Dame, and Notre Dame – doesn't play exactly the hardest schedule of all time anymore. No, not at all. I, I, I don't understand why everyone's in love with them, uh, but I, I just I like what Cleveland's doing. I like what they're building. Um, I think this is, could be a five, maybe even a six-win team. I don't think they're the abomination they used to be, uh, and I think uh, their schedule's not necessarily the, the toughest, so I, I, kind of, I kind of like Cleveland. I'm going to go under. I think they win three to four games. I think this team is purposely tanking. Uh, so uh, we'll get to the team that's the most purposely tanking actually right now. The AFC, e- AFC East. Jeez, man. I, my brain is just shutting off today. I'm not sure what's happening. Sure, shoot. The Jets are four and a half, but they are minus 340 if you want to bet on them. Everyone else, if you want to bet on the unders, it's minus 180. So that means you're... Well, anywhere, anywhere, anywhere between minus 180 and like plus 140. Right, of course. So, But the Jets, if you want to bet on them, you're never going to win any money. So, Right. So basically what the sports books are saying is the lowest over-under total we can set for any NFL team is four and a half. We're not going to set an over-under total below that. But if you want to bet the Jets under four and a half, you're going to have to spend big money to do it. Otherwise, you're not going to make any money. The, the Jets just traded, uh, who was Sheldon, right? Sheldon Richardson? Yep, to the Seahawks. That's ridiculous. They want to lose every game. Well, here's the thing. I There's a part of the Sheldon Richardson trade that I think the Jets wanted to do, even if they were being a super competitive team this year. Uh, there have been reports that Richardson does not necessarily get along in the locker room with everyone. He had his very famous beef with Brandon Marshall, who left this offseason and still continued the beef. Uh, I think there have been rumblings that he and Muhammad Wilkerson – aren't necessarily on the best of terms. And I think the Jets have anointed Wilkerson uh, commander-in-chief of the defense, especially with the extension they gave him. Richardson has also had his legal troubles off the field. Um, so I, I don't necessarily think the obviously the Jets aren't trying to win the Lombardi trophy this year. Uh, uh, you think? Like there's not <laughs> they're trying to win if, the, they're trying to win the number one pick sweepstakes, bro. But at the same time, if the Jets had any, if the Jets, if you could say anywhere that the Jets have an actual strength they could have traded from, it's the defensive line because Sheldon Richardson's the third best between Muhammad Wilkerson and Leonard Williams. That's like true. the Jets' defensive line is no worse because Sheldon Richardson is gone. No, it's no worse. But this team wants to lose. They want to win one game at most, right? I don't know if they want to win one game. Uh, they don't. Uh, their quarterback is Josh McCown, and their backup quarterback is Christian Hackenberg. And they're very okay. It's very possible the Jets' best quarterback is Blau Powell. Like, the, if the Jets' offense yes. wants to be most successful, Wildcat. just run a, run a triple option offense and let Blau Powell take the snaps in the backfield. At least the Wildcat would be fun to watch. It'd right? be entertaining. But at the same time, the Jets, they just don't care. This team's going to get um, blown the, out. The answer to this long. question is the under. 
And it's, yeah, I, I'm not going to bet it because, again, the line doesn't – it's not worth the squeeze. But there's no chance the Jets are winning five games this year. Not even. And if the Jets do win five games this year, it's an unsuccessful season because that was not their plan. No, your plan is to get the number one pick and get the quarterback from USC. Who everyone? Yeah, Luke every, Darnold. Everyone is well, Sam, about. Sam Darnold. I, see, here's the thing. I'm a big. Uh, I love Darnold. Don't get me wrong, but I'm a big chosen Rosen guy. I love me some Josh Rosen, and his game last night has done nothing but to. He's the other. He's that the love. other quarterback in the draft. He's UCLA's quarterback. He's he he came into school as the number one quarterback in his class. Okay. Uh, and he's got he's had big headlines around him everywhere he goes. He's a little bit of a controversial figure to old school NFL play uh, NFL college football fans because he's very new age with some of his thoughts on if, you know, college football players should be paid his role in the greater scheme of things, everything like that. Um, but I, I love Josh Rosen. I, I think they are easily one, two in my mind. If I'm the jets, I'm very happy if I get either. College football players should be paid. It's ridiculous how much the how much money the and in double. Oh my god, today is impossible for me. It's impossible. NCAA makes from college football and basketball. It's insane. Well, not just that. It's just the expectation that these guys have on the field. I don't know how they have any time to do classwork. They don't. By the way, they don't so do classwork. They're not. They're not in. If they're not in school to go to class, then they're employees, and you should pay your employees. Yeah, they they say like you're there to learn and all that, but you're there to play football. No. Yeah, you're they, there. They're on the. They work a 40-hour-a-week job on the football field, and then you expect them to take classes at the same time. And that's 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 an employee, and you should pay your employees. Next team in the AFC East, Buffalo, six and a half. Give me the under, my friend. This yeah. team, mm, I'm not sure. So many injuries coming. They've actively been shopping Shady McCoy and Tyrod Taylor. Why, why would I ever say six and a half? That's high. That's really high. I would have them at four and a half also. But here's the thing. Um, you have to add the two wins they're getting against the Jets. So then you're just... That's a fair point. Their line is basically four and a half, but it gets inflated. Plus Everyone Jets. in this division's over-under is inflated two games because you're playing the Jets. That's a really fair point. Because Miami actually next is seven and a half. Smoking Jay Cutler down in Miami, South Beach. Great time. Neon lights vibing everywhere. Throwing, throwing gunslinging and probably interceptions. Where do you stand on Miami? Uh... I want them to be good because I love smoking Jay. Love smoking uh, Jay. First of all, I agree with you on the Bills. I think it's under six and a half. Um, no more time needs to be spent on that. Agree. The Miami Miami Dolphins. I want to be good because I think it's more entertaining when Jay Cutler is in a playoff race. Um, I think there's a chance they get to eight, but I think there's a better chance they stay at seven. So I would take the under. I actually kind of like this team. I like their weapons. I, I like it as well. I just it's going to be interesting to see how committed Jay Cutler is to this NFL season. Well, I not, think Jay Cutler was very happy being retired. He doesn't need to be athletic, you know? He said it himself. I'm a right. quarterback. I'm not an athletic guy. I just throw the ball. I, but he has great I weapons, want, dude. I want the Dolphins to be good. I do. I just – I think this is a seven-win team. I think they make the wild card. I think they go over. I think they win nine so you're games. Saying, I think they win nine games. I mean, we'll, we'll go through the rest of the AFC, obviously. But you're saying if they're a wild card team, they're better than at least one of – the Raiders and the Chiefs, uh, you're saying one of them may not make it. No, you're saying mm, you're not a believer. Well, you're not a believer in anyone in the North. No, nobody in the North. I think Pittsburgh's the only team out of the North. Okay. So then, and you're not a believer in anyone in the South. Are you? <laughs> I mean, I, um, I like Tennessee. I don't really like Houston that much. I kind of like Houston. Uh, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to them. We'll get, we'll, to them. we'll get to them. But I kind of think Miami is a wild card team. I think they're second, okay. second wild card. Nine wins. Or 10 wins, maybe. Uh, all right. And then the elephant in the room, New England, 12 and a half. The machine So it's continues. kind of one of those things, like when we did the baseball over-unders, um, we were all – we all turned out to be right, but I think we were right for different reasons on the Chicago Cubs because they had the absurd over-under at, like, 98. And we just said it's very hard to predict a team to basically win 100 games. It's equally hard to predict a football team to win 13-plus games. Um, going 12 and 4 – is a 750 win percentage, and that alone is very impressive. Uh, I just I just think they're going to be two games the Patriots just don't give a shit about. Like, I, I think the Patriots are going to have the division won by mid-November, and they're just going to take two weeks off in December. And I think that's why they finished 12-4. and four. There's a chance. I, yeah, 12-4 and four seems really reasonable. I think this number is really tight. 
They could do 13 or they could do 12. This is a perfect This line. This team could easily go. I would not be surprised if this team went 14 and 2. Oh, it, it, would, it would be the least least surprising storyline in the NFL this season. I just, if we know Belichick, I honestly think like a mid December game, he's just, he's going to start Garoppolo. He's going to start his, like Brandon Cooks will sit. Um, Deion Lewis will get run instead of the uh, other running backs they have in the backfield. There's just going to be a week where they basically use it as a bye week. And I think that comes back to hurt them in the win column. I mean, Brady, I don't think it hurts them in the long run in terms of winning the Super Bowl. They probably win that game. That's like the that's the craziest part. They probably win that game. They might, but it depends who the opponent. I, I I got I'm naming a random weekend without naming an opponent. Oh, I, I let me do um, let me do it for you. The Jets. That doesn't count. <laughs> I, I mean, they could sit everyone that week and still win. Yeah, but they could sit. Every team could sit everyone that week and beat the Jets. That's true. Um, I like New England. Yeah, I just I like it I, under, I, I, and I like them at twelve. I like them at twelve wins. I'm very comfortable at twelve and four. Uh, I'm probably not betting that over under at all because again, I think I think there is a fifty fifty chance this team wins fourteen games. I just and wish I, I put. I don't th- want to bet on a flip of a coin. I wish I put a thousand dollars every year on New England to win the AFC East for the last fifteen years. It would have been a f- you wouldn't be you wouldn't be as rich as you think you are. Yeah, because they would minus me out a lot. Right. Yeah. Like this year, I, we were going over it beforehand. The Jets. The, the Jets. The Patriots are minus twelve hundred to win the AFC East. Yeah, it's, which means you have to bet one hundred and twenty dollars to win ten. Hey, man, ten dollars, ten dollars. It's guaranteed, pretty much. Uh, sure, I, I tried that in the presidential election. Did not go well for me. That did not work out for a lot of people. AFC South. Let's start with Jacksonville. Six and a half. Okay. Does that seem high to you? Nope. Yeah, because Blake Bortles is the starting quarterback. Yeah. What the hell? Who? I, I've watched Blake Bortles play football. I've I've re- I rode the Jacksonville kind of hype train for a little bit. Like, ooh, this team might be might be good. Leonard Fournette can't do it all. He's still a rookie. Blake Bortles is the quarterback. Their defense is they, improved, but not not still six and a half wins. That's crazy. They need. They don't owe Blake Bortles anything. They need to walk away from him. They're going to be a mediocre team until they find a better quarterback. That's it. That's simple. I have them under. We don't have really a lot of overs here. I noticed that we're going under on a lot, or I am at least. You are at least. I think if Tyrod Taylor is healthy, I think the Jaguars should think about trading for Tyrod Taylor. That's not an original opinion by me. Uh, I think that that comes directly from some guys at the Ringer that I listen to. But uh, I think Tyrod Taylor with those weapons around him, Allen. I mean, that's the thing. The Jaguars have a good offense. They have weapons. Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns, Marquise Lee, D.D. Westbrook, Leonard Fournette, Julie. Uh, is Julius Thomas still tight end down there? I don't think so. Either way, they have a lot of options, and they just don't have anyone to get them the ball. Like if they just had a, if they had just a okay quarterback, not even the problem with Bortles is if he was okay, they'd be fine. The problem with Bortles is he's bad. Like imagine, I would say Joe Flacco is one of the most average quarterbacks in NFL history. Just imagine Joe Flacco with this kind of offense, and you can see a playoff team. You could see a playoff team actually, and it, Joe, Bl- Joe Flacco throws the deep ball. That's happen. about it. Yeah, you're right. Blake's just really bad, and I like Blake really too. He, he comes to some podcasts I listen to. He's a cool guy, uh, but. I just he's, he's that's it. He's a bad quarter. He's a bad, bad quarterback. Bad quarterback. It's really that simple. It's that simple. Indianapolis seven and a half. This is a tough line because if Andrew yeah. Luck, Andrew Luck's not going to play the first game already. Uh, right. suppose, supposedly he's still. We Andrew. don't know when he. We don't know when he is going to play. Um, I think you have to assume Andrew Luck is going to miss multiple weeks, which means Andrew Luck when he comes back is going to have to be damn near perfect. And as much as I love Andrew Luck, let's just look at the track record. This guy gets hurt a lot. Okay, he puts his body on the line. And the team around him is not good. The GM there yeah, has I, done an I awful would, job. I, would, I honestly, I would take the under. I, I just, I don't, I don't trust the Colts. Scott Tolzien is Blake Bortles level bad. And I, you know, I, I, I don't see how this team finishes 500. I like Andrew Luck too. It's just like, the more I look at it, the team around him, like they're running back, I'm pretty sure it's Frank Gore still. Come it on, is. Come on, dude. I, I love Andrew Luck, but. Come on, dude. You can't guarantee me that when Andrew Luck comes back, he's going to remain healthy. The track record for him is he puts his body on the line probably more than even Cam Newton does. So I I would have serious concerns about Andrew Luck finishing the season healthy, and he's not starting the season healthy. So I don't know where the Colts are going to go on this run of theirs that will have to get them to eight wins. I just I don't see it. Yeah, I just don't know where it is. Uh, I guess this brings us to the next two teams, which is Houston and Tennessee, and they're both at eight and a half. And actually, and I, like both, I like both the overs. I like both the overs. Now that I look at it, I think I think the Titans are winning at least ten. 
I think that's a very good team. They've built a very nice offense around Marcus Mariota, and the defense doesn't get enough credit. Uh, they finished strong last year. I think did they win nine games last year. I think they did. Please so. Um, it's a team that's only getting better. And the Texans, look, the only thing holding the Texans back last year was the fact that they had an abomination at quarterback. I love Deshaun Watson. I think Tom Savage is only going to be the starter there for maybe the first two, three weeks. And then they're just going to give the reins to Watson. Uh, Watson with that offense is is going to be fun to watch. Well, you, that really, you really love Watson like a I, lot. I'm a big Watson guy. Um, he basically played against the NFL defense each of the last two years in the national title game and not only held his own, but he won it last year. So I'm a, I'm a big Watson fan and the Texans defense is might be the best in the NFL outside of Minnesota. So well, Seattle. if come on, man. Yeah. Seattle's defense gets hurt a lot. That's fair. They're but still right. Seattle, Seattle's up there. You're they're right up there. They're definitely um, up there. Yeah, I no, I I couldn't be I couldn't be more in on the Texans. The funny thing is, as much as I'm in on the Texans, uh, I do think the Titans win the division. Like, I I'm equally in on the Titans, and that, that's what I'm saying. I think the Texans are the wild card over the Dolphins just because of the division they play in. That's the more I think about it, I think you're right. I, I think uh, it might be a toss up though. If Miami, I think this comes down to who who gets the ten wins. If Miami gets the ten wins, they're the wild card. But I I think I'd bet I'd bet Houston over. I would Miami for the second wild card. Now that you're talking Houston, about it. Houston's going to get to play four games against Blake Bortles and possibly Scott Tolzien. Yeah. And I know the, that's like, a great the Dolphins, point. The Dolphins, uh, the Dolphins would have – if Tyrod Taylor gets healthy, the Bills aren't that bad. Like, yes, they got two games against the Jets, and those should be gimmies, but Buffalo's going to be competitive. The, they have to deal with the Patriots twice. Meanwhile, the Texans' defense is going to devour Blake Bortles and Scott Tolzien. That's fair. I mean, that's a really hard opinion to argue with, especially because Smoking Cutler could just all automatically start throwing interceptions and lose a bunch of games by himself. So he could. It's not like he was he was really ripping. I think you know I still have tinted glasses for Smoking Jay. You know he hasn't really been good in a couple of years. So maybe what am I thinking? Probably I right. love Smoking Jay. I'm right there with you. I want them to be good. I just I think the Texans are a better team. Yeah, I think you've me. Let's move on to the AFC West. This is a pretty stacked division, numbers wise at least. Chargers, uh, L.A. Chargers now. Seven and a half. Feels weird. Someone has, someone has to finish last in this division. I think this might be the toughest division in football because it doesn't have a great team, but it doesn't have a bad team. A tr- like the Chargers, the Chargers in the AFC East is probably an eight, nine win team. Oh, absolutely. But, There's no question about it. Philip Rivers still got something to tank. He's still got something yeah, left. Yeah, I just, the, the West really feels like it's going to eat itself alive a little bit. I don't have that much of an opinion, opinion on the Chargers. I feel bad because they're going to be playing at a stadium. Hopefully people show up. Um, they lost well, the stadium's only going to fit 25,000. Yeah, will they show up? Who knows? I mean, that would be a really cool experience uh, to see an NFL game in a $25,000 25, $25, seat stadium. But I, do they really have fans out there? No, right? So Yeah, but fan, look, people show up to football games. Doesn't really matter who's playing. They'll well, just go well, the for the other. Spot. The other teams' uh, fans will be there. So I don't. Yeah, and I don't think every like fans in LA aren't exactly flocking to Jared Goff right now. No, they're not, and for good reason. Uh, Denver is eight and a half. They don't really have. Uh, is is Trevor Simeon still their quarterback? Sure is. Won the competition uh, this year. Paxton Lynch might be a bust. No thanks. No problem. Uh, um, defense is still great. Offense is very concerning. Uh, eight and a half. Too high. God, just, it, yeah, well, no, it, it's the right number because eight feels like how many they're going to win. So Vegas needs to put that half on it to make you choose. I I just don't see with Trevor Simeon at QB how this team wins nine games. I do see how Kansas City wins nine games. I just like that team. I, yeah, people are really high on Patrick Mahomes, and I'm not. I, 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 I could be very wrong on Patrick Mahomes, and I'm sure I will be. Because smarter people than I seem to have very high opinions about him. Uh, I'm just, I am very skeptical of any quarterback that comes from Texas Tech because that offense is meant to inflate a human being's stats. It's like playing baseball games at Coors Field in the 90s. Like everybody hits home runs there. So how do you know if someone's actually successful? In but in the 90s, it's like playing there last week. <laughs> so, well, well everywhere, like everywhere in baseball, everywhere in baseball is now Coors Field. That's true. You're right. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just the Texas Tech offense, really big, sexy numbers, kind of like Oklahoma State's offense. And 
I don't know. There hasn't been a good Texas Tech quarterback ever. Like the best quarterback to ever come from Texas Tech is probably now Texas Tech's coach. I mean, does that, Kingsbury. I don't know. That's not fair though. Uh, to Texas, like that. Who cares? Like that. Kid, I mean, that's totally, it's, totally it's, different guy. It's it's true until it's not true. I guess is what I'm saying. It it's the fact that all their quarterbacks have always put up big numbers, and none of them have translated in the NFL. Well, I like this team. I like Andy Reid. I like the defense. I like the running backs. Even though even though uh, Ware is hurt now for the season, I like Kareem Hunt a lot. Uh, they had that that breakout wide receiver last year. Those names escaping me. Tyreek uh, Hill. Yep. There you go. And uh, I just feel like this is a team that can, can easily hit nine wins, and that's their over-under. Uh, so I think they actually might push. Yeah, I, I, as, as much as I've just crapped on Patrick Mahomes, I do think they at least get to nine wins. I think it's easy for them. Uh, Oakland is nine and yeah. a half. I like the over big time. Yeah, big Oakland fan as well. I just Dave, uh, Carr is, is such a, a good quarterback. He's really developed. Or maybe he isn't as good as I thought he, was, thought he is, but he's really shown a lot. I know he had... Uh, some I was reading a stat or column the other day saying that he got lucky a lot last year, but you get lucky when you have wide receivers like Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree. They just make things yep, happen for you. You get you get lucky when you have the best offensive line out of da- outside of Dallas in the NFL as well because you get time to make decisions, unlike other quarterbacks. So uh, it's kind of like a perfect recipe for Derek Carr. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I don't know if this team wins where they win 12, 13 games last year. So. I'm not sure they go that high this year, but they're they're great. they're getting ten plus. Eleven seems obtainable. Seems really obtainable. Yeah. Let's completely. go. Let's go to the NFC. Uh, let's start with the NFC South. Atlanta, Super Bowl darlings. Uh, <laughs> nine and a half. Why do? Why, yeah. Why do I think that's so high? Like I know they. Well, were first of all, I just I hate the Falcons. So that's the storyline here. I think Matt Ryan might be the most overrated quarterback in the NFL. Uh, second. How good did it feel? I watching think, the Patriots beat them then. Oh my God! Dude, so it, good. it felt it, so. Good. It was. It was. It's not the Mets winning the World Series, but I was full mass, just ready to go for anyone. Um, <laughs> that was a great Super Bowl. It was incredible. Unbelievable. Um, anyway, what was I saying? I, I honestly think it's rare for a coordinator to have such an impact on one team, but I think the transition from Kyle Shanahan to Steve Sarkeesian uh, is going to hurt a lot. I think a lot of the Falcons' success had to do with the offense – that Shanahan crafted for them. And I'm not sure how much of that's going to carry over under a new name, a new guy, especially someone like Steve Sarkeesian, who has a checkered past himself. It is weird. To, it is weird to say that, but I, I actually agree with you when he said he was leaving. And I was like, I feel like that's going to make a really big difference at Atlanta. Matt Ryan's not going to be as good with yeah, that. And, and I, I don't, I think the saints are going to be better than they were last year. I think the Panthers are going to be better than they were last year. I, I think read- the bucks are going to be great this year. It's a, it's a very hard division. I don't know. I don't know if the Falcons are good enough to run away with the with the South like they did last year. I'm kind of on Team Carolina. Let's talk about that number. The number is nine. I like them at eleven. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm on Carolina this year. I don't know what it is. I think it's post hype. I think Cam Newton is finally probably healthy. Uh, I think they have more weapons now. They uh, Benjamin is, is is kind of coming to his own. They have Christian McCaffrey to use as a slot wide receiver slash running back monster. Uh, I'm ready to be on, in on that team this year. Yeah, I'm a big McCaffrey guy. Um, Probably as big on McCaffrey as I am on Watson for obvious reasons to you, but not to our listeners that won't care why. Don't care. Uh, yeah, I I think the Panthers' problem last year was they never really understood how to replace Josh Norman. Not that Josh Norman is, you know, the linchpin defensively for that team, but I think they are better prepared defensively in the secondary to handle the load that Norman was able to carry for them when they were at their peak. Uh, I think the defensive line is retooled, and yeah, I'm with you. I think the offense, you, you're going to have uh, full, healthy Kelvin Benjamin, two years removed from knee surgery. You're going to have a ready-to-go, rested Cam Newton. You have McCaffrey. You still have Jonathan Stewart. There's a lot of likes about the Panthers, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm buying in on it. Take the over. Tampa Bay, you said you like them a lot. They're at eight and a half. Yeah, I like them a lot. I think they're a 10-win team as well. Uh I think Winston is Newton light and um, the offense. It's just, it's got, it's got an embarrassment of riches offensively. They can, it's kind of like the giants and I'm sure we'll get to them, but Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson might be the best one, two combination in the NFL. They have Cameron Brait and OJ Howard at tight end, which seems like you're cheating a little bit. Um, Doug Martin, I think is 
a little underrated at this point because I think people just expect him to flop every year. And he was when healthy, he was one of the best running backs in the NFL last year. Ah, oh, man, he's such a hard player to like. Right, but the fact that you have that opinion and then you look at his numbers, it, it seems a little unjustified. There's some weeks uh, where then, he's insane. There's other weeks where he does nothing. That's why he's a boomer bust player. Right, but they don't need the the problem is when you rely on Doug Martin as much as they were relying on him, your offense struggles. The Martin is going to be the at best third or fourth option in this option in offense this year. Well, they're also suspended for he's suspended for right now. I think the first three games, uh, but yeah. yeah. I think they have. Okay. They don't need. They, they can. This is a team that could throw the ball sixty times and be fine. Well, that's the thing. Uh, they have OJ Howard now, right? Yep. Man, that guy's a monster. I'm not. He's look, a beast. I'm not looking. He's. He might be the third best tight end already on accident. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Maybe. And, the, and the second best might be Cameron Bright. Like Cameron Bright is perfectly fine. There was nothing wrong with Cameron Bright for the Bucks to go out and need to get a tight end. It was one of those things in the draft where OJ Howard fell to a certain point. And the Bucks were like. We're not letting him fall any further. This guy is a legitimate NFL talent. Yeah. How do you, 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 you pick for the talent and then you figure it all out later. That's how I feel. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big Bucks fan. I think the Bucks are easily – if the Bucks, if the, if the Panthers win the division, the Bucks will easily get a wild card. I feel like the Saints being an 8.5 is too high also. Only because it's impossible for everyone in this division to win nine games. Yeah. Like someone is going to have to be under 500. And while I think the Falcons – drop back i don't know if the falcons fall further than eight and eight um the saints it's kind of like a charger situation where if the saints are in a different division they're probably going nine and seven ten and six but they're stuck here so i think it's a seven and nine team yeah i feel the same way i'm gonna go under on the saints let's head over to the nfc north the chicago bears are five and a half why is that number a game too high uh i i feel like the bookies were getting nervous about how many Four and a half teams there were, like the Browns, the Jets, the 49ers. Um, so maybe they boosted the Bears by a game. Uh, I think people are buying in the Mitch Trubisky, and I don't understand that either. I don't get it. Guys, um, the guy's I played was, like six games. I was never a Trubisky fan when he was in college. Uh, look, I, I'm weird when it comes to college football. I'm not saying a guy's numbers are the most – like whatever guy throws touchdowns, interceptions – I think the important thing to look at at quarterback prospects in college is winning and losing. And Trubisky did quite a bit of losing. He lost QB battles when he he came to the UNC as Mr. Football out of Ohio, which is a big deal. And then he couldn't win a starting job at UNC, not exactly an ACC power. And then last year as the clear number one, I think they went seven and six, eight and five in what was outside of Florida State and – Louisville, a pretty winnable ACC. So I I think that's concerning. And I, I, I think how a player performs against stiff competition in college only is going to reflect on what they do at the next level. That's part of the reason why I love Deshaun Watson, and it's exactly the reason why I'm very low on Mitch Trubisky. Um, I, I, I couldn't be more out on him um, if I was them. I, I also couldn't be more out on Mike Glennon. If I were the Bears, I would have just kept Matt Barkley and – Get drafted the best player available, not necessarily the best quarterback, and then just try it again next year like the Jets are doing. I, I couldn't agree with everything you said more. There's nothing about Mitch Trubisky that does it for me. I don't see it. I didn't see anything on the tape, anything I watched of him. I, I just I, I love how I say I hate football, and, I, and then I, I watch tape. What's wrong with me? Yeah, um, he's to me, he's like, if you, whatever reason people talk themselves in the, and I was one of them, I talked myself big in the Christian Hackenberg when he came out of college. Every reason, the same reasons people talk themselves into Hackenberg are how they talk themselves into Trubisky. And it will always baffle me how Trubisky came off the board before Deshaun Watson. Because I think Watson's just going to – Watson has the potential to be a star, and I think Trubisky has the potential to be Blake Bortles. I want Watson to be good. It'll be a lot of fun if he's good. A lot of fun. I think Watson is going to be good. We need I, better look, quarterbacks. We really do. The league, the league needs you, it the, the way The way Watson played against that Alabama defense, which is, for all intents and purposes, an NFL defense, it just beyond impressive. He he controlled that game. He dominated that game. He put his team on his back. Did he have weapons around him? Absolutely. Um, I, I'm equally a big – if Mike Williams can ever get healthy, I think the Chargers have a very dynamic wide receiver. I'm a big Wayne Gallman guy. So I think he's going to be interesting to watch in New York this year. But Watson's the real deal. Watson is not a byproduct of a system or a coach or the players around him. Deshaun Watson made Clemson a better team. And I think that that fucking matters. 
No, that so I, I think the, I think the Texans. I think the Texans got the best quarterback in the draft. It's actually, you know what? I, I not that I know much, but I agree with you. Mitch Trubisky does not. He does nothing for me. Detroit. No, I think the the Bears are going to be looking for a quarterback again in two three years. Yeah, that'll be very sad. Sorry, guys. Uh, Detroit will be is seven and a half. Uh, they just signed Matthew, or they're about to sign Matthew Stafford to make him the richest quarterback in history. How does this? I mean, what do you do with the rest of the team at that point? Matthew Stafford's good, but is he the richest quarterback in history? It just seems to be the trend, right? No, but it's one of those things where Matt Stafford, his contract is up at the right time, where you know all the other contracts have come before him that have inflated the market for good quarterbacks. So you now are forced into a situation where you have to pay. Matt Stafford, the going rate for quarterbacks. It's kind of like how Sidney Crosby is not the highest played player in the NHL. No yeah. one no one thinks Sidney Crosby is one of the most important players in the NHL, but Anze Kopitar makes more than him. It's not to say Anze Kopitar is better than Sidney Crosby. It's just when their contracts came up, the market and the landscape was very different. So I think it's it's one of those where it's just a number on a piece of paper. It doesn't mean the Lions think he's the best quarterback in the NFL. It means the Lions think they can't do better than Matt Stafford on the open market, and that's the correct assumption to make. You won't do better than Matt Stafford on the open market. Sometimes um, it's better to be lucky than good. That's all right. I say. And Stafford is plenty good. Uh, I'm not sure about the, everything else around him. Like the receiver, Stafford is makes the receivers good. I'm always been a big Amir Abdullah guy, but um, even I'm losing faith a little bit. That whole the, running back core is not good, man. I don't know how yeah, they run the ball. It feels like a lot of – it's almost like a starting rotation made up of number three starters. Like, you'd, you'd feel fine if any of them were your backup running backs, but you, you're a little uncomfortable that they're expected to carry the load. The, like, if Theo Riddick was your change of pace running back or Amir Abdullah was your change of pace running back, you're feeling pretty good about it. Like imagine, imagine Amir Abdullah on the Bucks backing up Doug Martin. Yeah, that's good, but he's your You'd primary guy in Detroit. Yeah, he's not going to be able to handle the load. No, it, it's a little concerning. Um, and the defense has always had question marks until the defense is able to show me that they're capable of taking the next step. I'm, I'm always going to be a little down on the Lions. I like the under. It's seven and a half. Yep. I like I'm at six. Uh, let's see. We see. I'm under on the Bears. I'm also under on the Bears. I think um, they went three. Well, we're going to get to the Packers, and then we're the we're missing the Vikings. Yeah, Packers. I'll do, I'll do the lines now. Packers ten and a half. Vikings eight and a half. See, I like. Here's the thing. I like Stafford more than I like uh, Sam Bradford, but the Vikings defense is phenomenal. I think both those teams are eight and eight. So I would go over on the Lions and under on the Vikings. And so, I'm, I'm, over on, I'm over on the Packers, too. I think the Packers win the division pretty easily. I think the Packers run away with this division. Aaron Rodgers is just, you know, he's the best quarterback there is right now. The, the, the Packers are the Patriots without all the rings. They're a well-fine-tuned machine that plugs and places pieces around Aaron Rodgers, and everything seems to work for them. Somehow so I, they convert all these people that they don't draft into like other positions, and they turn out to be like okay players. They, yep. They're just doing the right thing there. I have yep. I have Packers over also. I have Vikings over also. I think Vikings. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd go I'd go eight and eight on the Vikings and Lions each. So I'm a half game over on the Lions, half game under on the Vikings. I think Vikings have a chance to go nine wins, but I think it's that's a really that's a line I want to stay away from. I just I want to trust Sam Bradford with freaking anything. Yeah, that as soon as you say the word Sam Bradford, my mind immediately goes to under. So, yep. uh, let's and it's it. funny because I, I honestly feel like if Sam Bradford just tucked his sleeves in on his jersey, I'd have a different opinion about him. That's all he needed to do for you? I think so. I, th- I think the fact that he wears the baggy sleeves just does something mentally to me that makes me untrustworthy of him. Remember, man, highest completion percentage ever in history. Congratulations, Sure, Sam because Bradford. he was only attempting passes five yards down the field. That's exactly it. Uh, NFC West. Let's start with your team or your former team, San Francisco, four and a half. See, this is the, the Niners are doing what I think the Bears should have done. Like the, the Niners realized if if the Niners were not in on Deshaun Watson, and I would disagree with them on that. If I were them, I would have taken them. But if, if they didn't feel like their quarterback was available in this draft, take the best guy available. And not only did they take the best guy available in Solomon Thomas, but they, they got picks from the Bears for the Bears to jump one spot. To get Mitch Trubisky, that was an which, incredible value for them. Un- unreal. Um, I'm, I, I like Kyle Shanahan, the play caller. I don't know about Kyle Shanahan, the head coach. Um, I, I know he's not going to have the weapons 
to test out his theories this year. I think Brian Hoyer won the QB competition over Matt Barkley. So not exactly a whole lot of opt- – if I'm the Niners, just play Matt Barkley. Like, here's, here's my problem sometimes, and by sometimes I mean all the time with the NFL. I know the Niners aren't necessarily trying to be good, but at the same time, if you sign Matt Barkley as a free agent, just fucking see what you have. You know what Brian Hoyer is. Brian Hoyer is not going to change anytime soon. This is what he is. He's a backup quarterback. There is a maybe there's a one in ten shot that Mac Barkley is an above average NFL starter. At least just take the chance. Give him the chance. Just see what he can do. If he if he's something, you don't have to worry about taking a quarterback in the first round of a draft where maybe your guy's not there. I I, I think the Niners are going to be very happy if they get one of the um, Southern California quarterbacks, whoever the Jets don't take. But at the same time, maybe they already have their guy. Just let Matt Barkley play. I, I just don't understand. Like, we're talking – it's the same thing with the Jets. Like, there's no benefit for the Jets. I know they're not trying to win games. But not. I'm not saying Christian Hackenberg is going to win them, them games. There's just no benefit to playing Josh McCown. Matt, Hackenberg is not going to – if Hackenberg is probably not winning you ball games, at least just see if he can be a quarterback. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? They lose? They want to. They want to lose. Yeah, try it and out. It's, you should it's see the what same you thing have. with the 49ers. If your worst-case scenario is actually your best-case scenario, just give it a shot. I don't understand teams that don't give young quarterbacks chances that aren't trying to win. Just just fucking see. Because all of a sudden, if you if you could hit gold. And if you hit gold like the Rams did with Kurt Warner all those years ago. Uh, or if you, you hit gold like the, the New England Patriots did with this guy named Tom Brady. Right. Like, just give him a shot. Because – if you all of a sudden, if you realize you have a good quarterback, your entire trajectory is trade is changed, and you don't really care about tanking anymore. You tank to get the quarterback. So just play the young guy to see if you already have the quarterback. Let's move on to the Los Angeles Rams, who tanked. Oh, to we're get both the- we're both under on the 49ers. Yes, that's basically are. what that entire rant was. About. Yes, that's correct. The Los Angeles Rams, who tanked to get their quarterback and have Jared Goff, a, a, a man you were once fond of. Am, am I correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, I was very fond of Jared Goff, and now I uh, couldn't be more happy about having Deshaun Watson on my team. The thing is, so Jared Goff, his accuracy not the best, we would say. Yeah, I wonder how much of it is it, how much of it is like David Carr syndrome. Like, I think Goff just got hit so many times because his offensive line is bad that something changed about his game. But he was another he was another guy in college where. The numbers were always there, but he wasn't exactly leading Cal to big wins. Cal didn't ever do well in the Pac-12. They didn't upset the UCLA's, the USC's, the Oregon's. He was he was good at Cal, but not great. He, I would have had more confidence in taking Jared Goff than Mitch Trubisky, but I think they had very similar collegiate careers, and I think that is concerning to a certain point. So... With Goff, they did trade for Sammy Watkins. Do you think right. they, he had no wide receiver help whatsoever? Sammy Watkins Correct. is a legitimate wide receiver. Todd Gurley, legitimate running back, has some weapons. Uh, the, the team is okay. Five and a half. I still want to go under. I feel like this team's only going to be as good as their offensive line. Like Todd Gurley, exceptionally talented running back, couldn't find a hole to run through last year because of that offensive. Couldn't ball. do anything. It was like averaging like what? I think his first couple of weeks it was like five. No, if not five, it was like. 2.7 yards per was, carry it was awesome. As a Todd Gurley fantasy owner, it was it was brutal. Yeah, he couldn't. And do uh, Todd Gurley not being able to do anything is exactly why I tanked last season um, to get myself better draft picks because I didn't have anything. Exactly. Yeah, I, I. But here's the thing: it's almost when the Rams play the 49ers, I think the Rams are going to win. So then all the Rams have to do is somehow find three or four other games on the calendar to win. Uh, I think this is a six-win team. So, I, it, like, it's very uncomfortable to say I'm going over on the Rams because I don't think the Rams are good. But I also don't think the Rams are five-win t- team bad. So, looking at the rest of – I'm kind of recapping what everything we've gone through so far. And I just feel like I hate most teams. And I go under almost everywhere. And obviously that's not the case. It can't be the case statistically and just math-wise. Um, and you make a really compelling case for the Los Angeles Rams. But – I just need to see more from Jared Goff before I feel comfortable going for six wins. I can't do That's it. That's fine. I'm just I'm just saying someone like when the 16 games the Rams play, someone's going to have to win. 
And I think a couple of those times it's going to be St. Louis, uh, St. Louis, Los Angeles. Fair. I'm going to actually go over. Uh, I can't even go over on this next one. Arizona eight and a half. What am I missing? Um, I, I don't think it's possible for Carson Palmer to be as bad this year as he was last year. You don't think so? I mean, age no. doesn't exactly help out. It's he's getting older. No, but David Johnson sure does. That's true. Well, Larry and Fitzgerald's I, not the weapon he used to be. There was a wide receiving corps like Brown. Sure, but David Johnson sure is. Yeah, you're right. He's a monster. Da- David Johnson is everything we want Le'Veon Bell to be. David Johnson's a monster. Yeah, That's, and the defense, no gonna, the defense is going to be better as well. And we also just said that they're playing in a division with the Rams and the 49ers. That's four games that they should win. So nine, now all they have to do is win wins, five others. And going one win above five hundred actually isn't that isn't that impossible to think about? No, I think I, it, I think I think you're you hating every NFL team is reason why you should like the Cardinals because they are they you should like the Cardinals just because they're not the 49ers or the Rams. That's kind of where I'm at right now. I think they can win nine games. Yeah, I think that's fair. And then we have Seattle as the last in the NFC West, and that they're at ten and a half. I like. Yeah, the they're, running, they're gonna run away with it. That's a, it's a 12-win team. As long as they can keep Russell Wilson upright, which last year was a problem, I understand that. Uh, it's it's going to be them running away with it. Every sure. news report from, from Seattle is this team is back. Uh, the team had a weird mojo the last two years. Everything and Now everyone's on the same page again, and it's all going to be a machine. Yep. So I have, I have them winning that division, frankly, very easily. Yep. The last but not least, the NFC East, the last division of our over-under podcast, uh, I will start with the Washington R words seven and a half. <sighs> this division's hard. This really might be the first division in NFL history where all four teams go eight and eight. It's um, but isn't that and, always and the that's, case? That's not me. That's not me saying any of the teams are mediocre. I just think all four of these teams are on the same level. Isn't that always the case? Like it this, feels like it, right? It, it always feels it, like this. This division, like, is always eight and eight. And then the one the one team that gets the nine is the team that wins it. Other there right. are years where that like you know Dallas ran away with the division with like thirteen wins like last year. Um, yeah. was a Tony Romo year they did that. But other than, other than that, it's always tight. And the the thing that's weird is like all four of these teams are usually good at the same time, and all four of these teams are usually bad at the same time. Like when they go when they go eight and eight, it's because all four teams suck and they all play each other, so they all go three and three against each other. And then when when they go eight and eight, it's because all three teams are really good and no one can win a road game against each other. Um, gun to my head, I'm going to say the Redskins definitely are winning eight games this year. I I love Terrell Pryor. I actually uh, do I, too. I hope he's a, a fucking stud on that team. I'm still a big Kirk Cousins fan, even though he plays with his fucking wedding ring on and it pisses me off oh, every yeah, time. You, you like that. Oh, just, dude, we get it. You're fucking married. Take it off. Jesus Christ. Um the offense is good. The running back situation, all things considered, not great. But not, not great, but doable. I think I think the pieces around it are fine. The defense is solid. Uh, I just it's hard for me to see this team winning more than eight games just based on the competition they're gonna have to play. Well, let's talk about that competition right now. I have I'll do the, all three lines. Here we go. Philly is eight and a half, Giants are eight and a half, Dallas is nine and a half. All right, so I think Philly is the hard luck losers in this division. Um, I, I just I think Doug Peterson's getting fired this year. I just don't think he's that great of a head coach. I I like Carson Wentz. Um, there's just there always seems to be that something missing with the Eagles. So I think the Eagles are the team that somehow only wins six games this year. Uh, it's hard not to love the Giants' offense, and that offense with that defense should produce great numbers however the offensive line is an abomination eric flowers might be the worst tackle i've ever seen play football wow that's uh, a very serious assessment of, of, of flowers it's it's not great bob um but i don't know i think the giants find a way to win nine games I'm with i think you. i think they also find a way to win nine games like actually can't i can't think of a way they don't just they have unless, so much unless, Eli, unless Eli gets hurt and Geno Smith is just starting quarterback. Is Geno Smith their backup? Yeah, he sure is, Bob. That's fucking awesome. Um, I didn't know that. That's so awesome. barring an Eli injury, I think the Giants somehow, some way, win at least nine games. And I think with or without Ezekiel Elliott, the Cowboys are still a really balanced offense. Elliott, and a really balanced defense. I think the – well, we'll find out what happens with the Elliott thing. I don't think the news has really broken yet, but – you know, he might take us. I, I, 
Yeah, I think they've put it. I think the NFL said they're not going to heal his appeal immediately, which means I, I, I think he's guaranteed not to play week one. Uh, and week one is Giants Cowboys. So as for always. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, like Dallas under. It just feels like I, I don't yeah, know. I, Dak Prescott, it, it, I'm not sold yet. I know he's good. I get it. Team has some def- defense issues. They're not going to be able to hide those with Elliott on the sideline. Could be for six games. I like the under. I like the over, but it's really like, it's me saying I like them winning 10 games. It's not me saying I think they're going to go 12. And yeah, that's fair. This has been uh, an interesting time from two guys who don't watch a lot of football. <laughs> we just went deep onto some football. We did. That's what we do. Um, thanks for listening, everyone, today. I'm sorry that I was, uh, I want to apologize. I'm obviously a mess. I lost the ability to use the English language multiple times. And uh, thanks for bearing with us. We'll be back. Yeah, I'm going to go to bed. Yeah, I think I might too. Awesome. By the way, it's 6 p.m. for everyone listening. <laughs> this is normal. This is usually normal bedtime for me. You just usually wake me up to podcast. That's true. I do. Uh, so we'll be back next week. We'll, we'll continue our Metro Series preview. Kind of an off week for us hockey-wise. Uh, we're probably going to do some fun hockey stuff coming up. We'll bring uh, James on to do Traverse City. And uh, that'll be it. Anything else to say, Greg? Uh, no. Nope. Okay. I love you guys. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Follow us on Twitter at Blue Shirts Break. I'm out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.